Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Ward. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. Alright, let's do this. Hey, welcome back. Us? Them? I think more us than more them. Us. <laughs> We're back, you guys. We're alive! Hey! <laughs> I didn't die on my vacation, and you didn't die from sickness, so I think we're doing pretty good. It was touch and go for a minute there. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we would be doing this episode uh, from me in the spirit world and you down yeah. here with, like, divining rods in a spirit Dude, box or something. Yes! <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I do not want you to die, but that would be really cool. That would be a really One fun episode, honestly. We could do a Facebook Live, like, Instagram Live, like, everything Live. Because <laughs> you'd have a Ouija board, like, moving around here, too. <laughs> it would take a long time. It would time, be really but... long. I would be smelling so much, like, oh, I'm tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that would be pretty great, though. You My know what goodness. we still haven't done yet? What? The scripture tarot <gasps> reading. That's right! It's been oh, like a month, and we keep shoot, forgetting to we do, do it. Should we do it later? We'll do it after. Okay. I'm going to put a reminder in my phone <laughs> okay, this time. Okay, do it. So that we'll way remember. we can remember got because this. we keep forgetting oh my gosh. to it's do it like we have every time. else going on in our lives. We don't have jobs. We don't have boyfriends or spouses. Or I mean, we do have jobs, or... but we don't have boyfriends or spouses. No, I, I was saying, like, we don't. I was, I was being sarcastic. I was oh, trying okay. to be sarcastic. It's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. It, no, I was like, I mean, okay. but we do have jobs. Those keep us busy. Uh, if you were, uh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, if she's going the sarcasm route, then, like, I mean, saying that we don't have, like, husbands or jobs is a little too far because we definitely don't. So that's not I, an excuse well, okay, for Okay, that's us. fair. That's fair. That's fair. Mixing sarcasm truth does get a little dangerous. Um... <laughs> No. All right, but today changes everything. Yes. So. Today is the first yay. day of the rest of our lives. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> today, we're so excited about this episode. Yay. This is the one we've been waiting for. We really have been waiting on this one for a little while, so I am super excited to actually finally get to it. Like, I'm almost okay with skipping the um, building a testimony of marriage while single oh, episode. We probably could. We could just end the month with spouseless. Yeah. Like, let's end it on this high note. Yeah. So, let's see. <laughs> I know we were just talking about this, but like I had a good friend of mine, shout out to Kelsey, come down and visit the week mm-hmm. that I was like dying. Very sick. That's pretty cool. But she and I grew up together in New Hampshire mm-hmm. and she was one of the only other young women in my branch uh-huh. with me. And so when we got together, we started talking about young women, and we talked about spouseless, and she actually found hers. Oh my god! And talked about it with me, which made me laugh so hard, and it also made us like (laughs) reminisce about like our time in young women and like our leaders, and it was good time. But Mm -hmm. we were just cracking up because she kind of took her list seriously and like wrote down actual things. Whereas I was like, you didn't. <laughs> he has to love the Backstreet Boys as much as I do. He needs to I mean, be that's funny. Serious. He's mm-hmm. got to have fun with me. Like, really stupid <laughs> things that, like, were just so asinine and pointless. That, like, not. any man that loves the Backstreet Boys as much as I do is probably not going to be interested in women. That's true. I'm just saying. Well, you, like, you do have a fair point. I have a deep love of Backstreet Boys and boy bands in general. Yes. Most boys, most yeah. males who like boy bands are typically interested in the boys. <laughs> I just did not take it seriously at all. And, oh my gosh, looking back, I couldn't find my spouse list, obviously. Thinking back to, like, what was on my list, I mm-hmm. 
just laugh because I clearly was not thinking about getting married at all at 13 when we did this lesson so I think that's a good way to go though because I was I was raised up I mean I mean yeah in the church but like in the very typical manner to me my both of my parents grew up in California ended up going to Utah for a few years then came back to California like looking back it's interesting to me to see how very Utah minded they are (laughs) very they're very Mormon centric which is you know good but like they do, really do have that mindset, which they brought in, um, they raised me with. So I did take this super seriously when I was a kid. <laughs> and I think, and I used to keep journals all the time, and I'm pretty sure in almost every new journal, I would, like, recreate that list for a long time because I was like, wow. I need to be serious about this. I'm going to get married. I'm going to be a great mom. I'm going to be, like, this great person. I'm going to be this great LDS person, and I have to take this seriously so I can marry exactly the right guy and be the perfect wife kind of thing. Wow. I, yeah. Dedication. Right? Straight up. That's that's why it was. Um, sorry to disappoint everyone who <laughs> liked five-year-old me because that's over now. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day, too. I did not want to get married for the longest time. Mm-hmm. When I was in Young Women's, I would always say, I'm never getting married. <laughs> and uh-huh. all of the girls around me that would like have their weddings planned out in detail, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a theme wedding or I'm going to do this at my wedding. I would be sitting in the corner just like, yeah, I'm never getting married, so <laughs> I don't really care. What's go- I'm going to go travel Yeah, with the money yeah. that you're spending on a wedding. I'm going to go travel oh the gosh, world or something so like that. And it wasn't really until I came home from my mission that I even thought I could get married. Even now, I'm still like, I'm probably going to die alone. And I'm cool with that. I'm going to live in my lighthouse and live happily ever after over there. Mm -hmm. But it's just so funny to think back to, like, young women's and think about how anti-marriage I was back then Mm -hmm. versus I'm not anti-marriage now, but I'm just not focused on it. Right. No, great. And I don't really know where it happened, but I, like, my mindset started to, like, teeter-totter completely. So I'd go from points of, like, okay, I need to have my wedding planned just in case I finally, like, I suddenly meet the perfect guy and <laughs> we want to get case. engaged after two weeks. You know? So I planned a ton of weddings. No. Um, I did. But then, like, a month later, I'd be like, I will never get married. I am better than this. There is no guy worth my time. There is too much in the world that I have to do because this world is a mess and it's up to me to fix everything and no guy is going to stand in my way. Yes. So. <laughs> you are not a princess waiting for a prince. You are no. a queen taking care of her kingdom. Yes, I am. Yes. So um, that definitely <laughs> changed things up for me. And I mean, I've definitely like totter, teeter-tottered around it for like some years. So I mean, while I definitely saw the mentality like, sure, I'd love to get married. Like that's kind of ideal to a certain extent. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm not going to focus on preparing a wedding that yeah. is clearly not about to happen anytime <laughs> soon. Um, I mean, at this point, what's the point of a wedding? So, yeah. spouseless. Okay. So, do we need to say what they are in more detail really quickly? I think it would probably help. Okay, so, for those of you that... For those who didn't go to church, who were not raised in the church, or were never put through this torture, some people were about to... Uh, talk to you about okay um did not go through this so blessed okay so (laughs) when we were in young women's back in the 2000s okay i mean i was in there in like (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know the dates anymore. 2001. That's when I... I can I... count the 90s, and I can count, like, for the last two years, and that's it. That's all I've got in my memory. 2001 now. was when I started so. Young Women, so, like, okay. literally the beginning of the 2000s. Um, I, I was a few years Yeah, you were a little after. Yeah. Close enough, though. Yeah. All right, so, so continue. So, in the early 2000s, we did not have the Come Follow Me program. Nope. We actually had these old purple and pink manuals mm-hmm. that had the same, like, 16 or 17 lessons in them, mm-hmm. and you just cycled through them throughout the year. Yep. Thinking about this manual, I actually did some deep digging because I was determined mm. to find this manual. Yes. I knew that I was not having a fever dream of <laughs> this whole experience, uh-huh. and I needed, like, solid proof and evidence. Validation. So I could share it with you guys. So after a long time of investigating on LDS.org, which <laughs> I swear it's like the church buried that manual. They really do. The moment something is out of date, yeah. they're just like, it doesn't exist. What we never did that. About? I don't know what no. you're talking about. It don't was, be silly. It was ridiculously hard to find. <laughs> like, I was really close to just, like, ripping apart our library in the church building to find yeah. it, but it didn't have to come to that, thankfully. Mm. Oh, good. So in the manual, there's a lot. I'll pull up the table of contents, actually. What is it officially called? Young Women. All right. Manual well, 3. Hey. Specifically in this one. Version 3. Copyrighted 1994. Oh, so wow. that should tell you a lot about oh. the time frame uh-huh. of this. Okay, so. That explains a lot. It really does. <laughs> okay, so in this manual, there are lesson topics that are under like subcategories. So, like, mm-hmm. some of the subcategories are living as a daughter of God, fulfilling women's divine roles, contributing to family life learning about the priesthood, and so on and so forth. And then we get into living a virtuous life. Ah. So with that come these lessons in this order. Each person is divine and eternal, avoiding dishonesty, dating decisions, marriage standards. Oh, really? And the word of God as a standard. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, you may be wondering, you know, Tracy, those lessons don't seem that bad. You're really over-exaggerating and over-hyping this. <laughs> well, allow me to pull an excerpt out We're of... building to it. ...out of the uh, dating decisions lesson, because I very, very <laughs> vividly remember this lesson as taught by my 65-year-old young women president, oh. okay? So it says, what are some important decisions you must make about young men? Kaylee, what are some important decisions that you must make about young men? Um, all the ways you can avoid them. Oh, good. Yeah. Good answer. Um, okay. Like like that? Like... Good. So, actually, they have some suggestions for uh, us. The perfect. following suggestions may be used to stimulate discussion. Quote. Okay. Stimulate Stimulate discussion. discussion. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Just imagine. Imagine in your heads a time <laughs> back before Google, oh, yeah. before cell phones were really mm-hmm. popular, a time when... <laughs> a time when awesome. a time when pleather jackets and pants were an awesome outfit and oh, Tracy great. had both of those things. Mm-hmm. I'll let you put that image in your mind today. All right. So some of the suggestions to stimulate discussion here are will I date non-members? Mm-hmm. Will I date boys who smoke or drink? What limits on intimacy will I maintain before marriage? Intimacy. The things you think about when you're 12 years old. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) 
what qualities must a young man I date possess? And there are some other questions in here, but they're not as great as those. And then it says this, explain that the decisions the young women make about young men during their maturing years will probably have more effect on their future happiness and their family's happiness than decisions made during any other period of their lives. This was 100% a lesson that we had repeated multiple times when I was in Young Women's. Oh, yeah. Sometimes multiple times in one year for our group. Oh, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I did My- it, like, at least two, maybe three times a year. Yeah. And from, what, 12 to 18, so that is a lot. A lot. And mind you, that, like, in my branch, mm-hmm. I was one of two young women. That's true. Two. Mm-hmm. And we only ever had two young men at a time. And I just explained <laughs> this whole thing to Kaylee, but, like, yeah. <laughs> we would get two young men. They would stay for two months. We would get two more young men in the branch, mm-hmm. and then the original two would move away. So we mm-hmm. literally only had two young men at a time. Mm-hmm. None of us were thinking about any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, let's fast forward to the next lesson, which was our favorite lesson. Favorite. And by favorite, I mean we all hated this lesson with a burning, fiery passion. It was called Marriage Standards. So in this lesson, they... <laughs> Sorry, this lesson. I feel it. I feel like I can hear my young woman's leader, yeah. like, her oh, voice yeah, in no, my that's... head, and I, I'm dying right now. Okay. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. No, I can picture all my leaders who are always the mothers of the <laughs> other girls, and I can remember how the way I would act. I would be, like, on the edge of my seat, like, ready to listen, and I'm just like, Kaylee, child, stop. <laughs> Don't I wanted, do it. <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with this lesson. Right, okay. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. So they start out um, talking about a prominent and well-respected businessman thinking about what factors he puts into choosing a business partner, okay? And they encourage the young women to discuss, like, what factors would you put into thinking about in terms of, like, a business partner? Who would you go into business with, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, oh, we're going to talk about business. It's going to be great. Yeah. Psych! We're talking about marriage. What? Yes. It was all a trick. They say, we have the opportunity of selecting a partner for a far more important partnership than a business venture. Ask the young women what they think you are referring to. And you need to write on the chalkboard, an eternal, happy marriage partnership. What? Yeah. And then. Oh my gosh. And then (laughs) it gets better. Perfect. They say, unfortunately, Many people spend more time in choosing a business partner, a home, or even an automobile than they do in selecting a marriage partner. Perhaps this is because it is easy to fall in love and let our emotions dictate our actions. We may later find that the person we have fallen in love with may not really meet the standards we hoped for in a marriage partner. I'm trying so hard not to laugh right now. (laughs) A hasty marriage, like a risky business deal, can end oh. in a painful divorce or an unhappy family life. I'm sorry. What risky business deal ends in a divorce or an unhappy married life? I have never heard uh, of a risky yeah. business deal that ends nope. like that. No. Nope. Okay. Nope. Doesn't. Nope. I just needed to uh-uh. check. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Continuing, he says, Many times this sorrow could have been avoided from the beginning if standards had been set and followed. Give the young women pieces of paper and pencils. Ask them to make a list of characteristics they hope to find in their future marriage partners. Ask the young women to keep the list to be referred to later in the lesson. Remind them that since they will marry those whom they date, 
The same list should serve as a guide in dating. And I'm going to put away the manual now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what it said. I needed that and to prove that I wasn't making this up. No. I no. needed to read it that on paper happened. that it Proof. wasn't just my young women's class that had to do spouse lists. Mm-hmm. Nope, we and all I mean, did. I mean, I definitely did get confirmation from, like, other girlfriends of mine that, like, they yeah. also did spouse lists, oh, but they sure. couldn't remember them. I needed solid, tangible evidence that, like, this was real. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I went back oh. to my family's place, what, two weeks ago, and I thought about looking through all my stuff to look for my spouse list, but mm-hmm. I could not bring myself to do it <laughs> because I don't want to read them. <laughs> I'm not ready oh. to deal with that because... I remember getting out my pen and paper. I remember writing them down. I remember how they would expound on, like, how much we really needed to have on that list. Yeah. Because to me, like, you can't remember everything. You just, like, if you did want to have a list, you should have, like, two or three things max. And they're like, no, you need more. Yeah. More. You need, like, 15 things. You Mm -hmm. need to be specific. The more specific you are, the better chances you are going to have of finding that man. Yeah. Which made me laugh so hard oh my gosh like as a 13 year old or as a 12 year old hearing this lesson Uh I laughed so hard because I'm like you really expect me to write down like every every single trait that I want this man to have how am I gonna find this person because this person doesn't exist right like like he doesn't even exist in my mind how how am I gonna do this I don't know if it's the list that I gave myself or one of my leaders gave me but I always tried to have 20 items on that list 20 items is a lot. Yeah, it is. In case you, like, just trying to think about, like, 20 things I want and a husband. Like, I, I get that it sounds easy maybe, but it's actually kind of hard. Yeah. And half the time it ended up being physical things. Like, oh, yeah, he does need to be tall. He does need to have dark hair. He needs to have green eyes. He needs to tan. He needs to have good <laughs> teeth. And so I, like, literally just, like, picture, like, I just create this person. Yeah. Who, I mean, would end up looking like Harry Potter or something half the time. Yeah, kind I of. think. Like a dark, like, a darker Harry Potter. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm probably going to get called out for this later, so I'm just going to, like, beat my sister to the punch. <laughs> um, so I did, okay, so a couple of years ago I dated this guy who uh-huh. checked off all of the, like, things on my mm-hmm. silly list from young women. Oh, yeah? Like, I talked to my sister about it. I was like, oh, my gosh, Jessica, like, he checks off all the boxes, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Okay. Fast forward, like, six months. Uh-huh. Dude was trash. Okay. Absolute garbage. Oh, no. Did he really meet the things, or did he meet them and was still trash? He... Like, where did that... He checked the boxes at the beginning. Okay. So, like, every single thing that was on my list, like, Uh my goofy list that I didn't take seriously in Young Women's Mm -hmm. at all, including loving Backstreet Boys, okay? He did (laughs) love the Backstreet Boys. Hey! Yes. Well, well. Um, He checked off all the things on the list. Uh Uh-huh. But then, like, as time went on and I got to know him more, like, I was just, like, erasing things from the oh. list. Like, I don't like this about him. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. Uh-huh. He, it was literally just, like, scratching a pen through every yeah. single thing until I finally just, like, dumped him. Mm-hmm. But it was very interesting to see how someone could initially check off all those boxes. Yeah. But then, I mean, obviously I wasn't going to jump into, like, a marriage with him mm-hmm. after, oh, he checks all the boxes, like, I mm-hmm. guess I got to marry mm-hmm. him. Oh, my God. Obviously, That's like. A, that is a dangerous mindset. Yeah. <laughs> he checked all the boxes that 13-year-old Tracy liked. Ah. Mm-hmm. But 
27-year-old Tracy did not like like uh -uh. any of those things Uh -uh. and was like, I am not that person anymore. Mm -hmm. So growth can come from (laughs) these lists as well. Yeah. Things change. And so even if the list works for a little bit, it doesn't mean that it's going to work forever. And it's going to be constantly changing. And not only is that changing, but people are changing. Yeah. The person, like, if you get married... Like, the same person you marry is not the same person five years down the road. No. It's just like, you're not you're not the same as 27-year-old Tracy or 13-year-old Tracy. I'm not the same Kaylee I was two years ago, last year, yesterday. Like, we're constantly changing. And so, I mean, you can keep your list as static as you want to, but that doesn't mean a person is always going to meet those standards. Yep. People are going to continuously change. And to me, I think that's one of the most important things that we tend to forget and that we forget to take into account, especially if we are building those lists, because people are going to change. Yeah. Like, I was listening to a podcast episode about this couple who'd been married for, like, three years and um, on the Mormon Marriages podcast, and they were talking about how the husband had decided to leave the church. And so they they are still married and everything, but something that she had to take into consideration because one of the main things that all the young women always tend to add onto their list while they're writing them down is to have a worthy priesthood holder going yep. to the church who can take you to the temple. Yep. Which is, I mean, good and all, but that person might change. And then you have to be willing to consider and um, talk to the Lord, talk to yourself, and see how you're going to deal with those kind of changes. Yeah. Because things are going to happen. People are going to change. And you might not have everything on your list. And sometimes that's okay. Yep people change get used to it yeah so (laughs) during my research of looking for this manual yes i also was interested to see if the young men did this as well if they had Mm -hmm. that in their manual that would make sense they're growing up they plan to get married too if the young women (laughs) are so it clearly makes sense to have parallel uh growth lessons centered around marriage and growth and church and all sorts of things so what did you find tracy so i did a lot of digging uh-huh. and i found the ironic priesthood manual well, it was manual well. one uh-huh um which clearly they didn't do much updating to it because <laughs> it was originally copyrighted in 1983 and then it was re-copyrighted in 1992 and oh 2002 no <laughs> so obviously there were no changes to it they were like They're this like, is this perfect is yeah it's it's been working so far, clearly. The guys only need one. It's fine. Oh, my God. Um, uh-huh. So they do not have special section headings. So it's unorganized. It's just a straight-up list not surprised. of lessons. Uh-huh. Not once, not once is there a lesson about dating or marriage. Not one. And there are, there are 50 lessons in this manual. There are 50 lessons about yeah. what the young men could be learning about church, about growing up and adulthood. Yes. And yet one of the most important things that the church likes to emphasize will happen, which is dating and marriage, the young men do not talk about. Nope. They do talk about, however, I will point out that this is different from the young women manual mm-hmm. because the young women's manual has like dating decisions marriage standards the eternal family preparing for an eternal marriage like those sort of lessons okay um the young men have this instead Uh they have pure thoughts respect for womanhood i would hope so sexual purity the sacred power of procreation oh god the law of chastity Mm -hmm. oh and overcoming temptation 
So like they Holy have, cow. yeah, that's a lot. All about yeah. So they uh, have sexual intimacy, basically. Yes, that's like their only focus. Yes. So aside from, I mean, there's like ten lessons about the priesthood, and obviously, I mean, and like yes, of course, and missionary the work, basics, like preparing yes. for missions. Sure. Yeah, there's like five lessons on the law of chastity, sexual purity, and that yeah aggravates me so yeah. much because I didn't even know all those details that you just told me. Yeah. Even though we talked a little bit about it. That really even just makes me uncomfortable because then that means during all of young men, they're being told, don't have sex, don't think about sex, don't do sex, don't think about sex, don't do sex. Whereas the young women are all about, you are going to be a mother, you're going to be a wife, you could have your own home, you're going to do this, you're going to like raise righteous sons and daughters, Mm -hmm. you're going to go to the temple all the time, la-di-da-di-da, great stuff is going to happen, be a good wife. Yeah. And, I mean, I know there's, like, the occasional lesson about um, the law of chastity. Yeah. But it was very sparse, and it mostly centered on being modest. Yeah. On being physically Always modest. on modesty, yeah. And whereas we were, I don't think we really talked about being as, as sexually pure or whatever. Yeah. That's something that girls still need. Yeah. I mean, just because it's popularized that men have more pornographic thoughts, that's not... Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think you could actually do, like, a whole... You could maybe do a study on that. But, like, it, it's blowing my mind yeah. that this is treated set in this manner. Yeah. That's... I mean, that's dangerous. That's annoying. That's garbage. Yeah. I love the church, but some people are flawed, and I hope we're doing better. And I know I said this earlier, but, like, it just kind of goes to show that huge rift between young men and young women and the way that we're each taught Mm -hmm. things in the church and even the culture of the church because Mm -hmm. the young women there's a whole focus on dating marriage Mm -hmm. preparing for the temple that sort of thing being virtuous being pure being good Mm -hmm. like modesty right on how to build healthy relationships as well to a certain extent but on the other side the men are not given any of those lessons also it's almost like they're trying to tell women like marriage is the end-all be-all for you and you have to get married as soon as possible whereas Mm -hmm. the men they're like well we want you to work on the priesthood we want you to go on a mission and uh don't have sex and you're good yeah Yeah. you you're a man now like that's it so like no wonder Ah. like it's kind of like no wonder no wonder no wonder no one is getting married right now Like, if you look at, I'm just saying, like, if you look at our singles ward, and I'm sorry, I love most of the people in our singles ward. Yeah. Okay. If you look at our singles ward, you can very clearly tell that, like, the women in our ward had those lessons of you need to get Mm -hmm. it together, you need to be strong, you need to do all of these things and do X, Y, and Z, versus Mm -hmm. the guys that are like, well, get the priesthood, go on a mission, and there's, like, nothing else there. That's insane. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so 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 the guys didn't have to do spouseless. That's ultimately where yeah, I'm that's, going with this. That's what we're getting at because they weren't focusing on the kind of attributes that they should be looking for in young women, except for yeah. they should not be thinking about sex while they're on their dates. Yeah. So when we were given this lesson on marriage standards and making a spouse list, one thing that we were really pushed to think about, mm-hmm. at least in my young women's class, 
was to think about the kind of person that we are envisioning, like this perfect man on our piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And then to think about how we kind of need to work on certain qualities ourselves so that way we mm. kind of become that person on the piece of paper. Yes. As we talked about that, it was like you can't expect someone to have all of these qualities that mm-hmm. like you yourself aren't trying to pursue. Right. Granted, I know that I need someone that is definitely kinder than I am. <laughs> I, listen, I am not the nicest person. I try. Mm. I am nice. You are. I You're a very good person. But I am not the kindest, okay? <laughs> I will tell you like it is. Mm-hmm. I am very straightforward. I am very blunt. And I do not spare your feelings when I say stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I know that I personally need someone kinder who can remind me yeah. that I need to be kinder as well. Because mm-hmm. if I marry someone that's just as mean as I am, we're doomed. Our mm-hmm. children are going to be monsters <laughs> and like... The world is going to be over, basically. Like, it's going to be bad. So I think having that list and knowing, like, what you want to work on personally Mm -hmm. is just have that healthy reminder to these are qualities that you feel like you need and you're Mm -hmm. lacking in. Right. You should be working on them also, Mm -hmm. but it's not bad to look for that quality Mm -hmm. as well. Exactly. Yeah, and I I still do... I, I support the mentality where it's that a relationship should be um, about improving yourselves in the process, yeah. that you're with someone who makes you want to be better. Complimenting and try each other. Yes, you need to compliment each other really well. And then on that, um, in some of my research, I found a quote by an associate professor of psychology at BYU. His name is Scott R. Braithwaite. Uh, and he said, so how do we go about making a wise inspired choice of a spouse instead of looking for a soulmate? Because those don't exist. I suggest two things. First, enjoy the process of dating. And second, develop the attributes you wish to see in your future spouse. Yeah. And I think that's something really important to, that we have to focus on. Okay, I also want to toss in a, another one right yeah. after it by Elder Richard G. Scott. I remember when this came out because it's, it is excellent. He said that I suggest you not ignore many possible candidates who are still developing these attributes, seeking the one who is perfected in them. You will likely not find that perfect person, and if you did, there would certainly be no interest in you. These attributes are best polished together as husband and wife, which I think is super important because something, as we were talking about our our list, is that that person we find who we want to have those attributes may not have them yet, but but they might be working on them. Yeah. So it's something that you could kind of keep in mind, but consider that everyone's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Like, like we said earlier, people are always changing, yeah. and that's something that we have to take into consideration, and we need to remember that we're always changing as well, and we need to be the best that we can be um, to focus on the improvements that we can do our, on ourselves instead of trying to change other people. Sometimes I feel like having a certain quality on a list is not as important as having a desire to improve mm-hmm. be that quality, because we are constantly taught and expected to be improving Mm -hmm. our expectation as members of the church is to constantly be improving who you are Mm -hmm. spiritually so that way you can work on becoming more like jesus christ now while you're on earth exactly your whole purpose in life is to be obedient and to try and become more like jesus christ to refine yourself and to become better Mm -hmm. and we're all at different phases in our progress in our improvement levels Mm -hmm. And if we are all 
earnest and desiring to become more like Jesus Christ, that should be the only quality that really, really matters at a core on a spouse list. Because yes, I might not be the kindest, but it's (laughs) something that I constantly am working on and I'm Mm -hmm. constantly trying to fix in myself. Or, you know, someone might not be the most patient person in the world, Mm -hmm. but they are striving every single day to develop patience. And that's something that they're constantly praying for and constantly trying to work on. Right. So take with everything that you're learning about a person with a grain of salt, because you have to remember that like, as you're working on improving and developing these Christ-like attributes and becoming more like Christ yourself, so is this other person. Mm -hmm. If they aren't, then obviously that's another discussion entirely. And you don't have to saddle yourself with that. But if you can see that they have that earnest desire to improve, then nothing should be too Mm -hmm. much for you to handle at that point. Agreed. And I mean, that's one of the things that I have definitely come in mind. And to me, that's one of the other main attributes that I look for basically in people around my life, not just in a spouse, but I am really attracted to being around people who are constantly striving for something. Yeah. And because there's something about people who are satisfied with being stagnant in their lives, it's not underwhelming. It's kind of disappointing. And yeah. so when I do meet those people, I, I tend to almost want to turn them into a project because there is so much you can be doing with your life. There is so much we can be doing and learning and growing in. And it's really something that we should be constantly striving for in ourselves and trying to help those around us um, in any way that we can. I mean, and I think that's kind of something that we are trying to do in this podcast, that we're trying to help ourselves, each other, and any of our listeners to be like, hey, remember how awesome you are? You, there's any, you can do anything. Yeah. So go ahead and do it. Strive for it. Grow. Change. Do what you want to because this is your life and you could be doing anything and you don't need to stick to a list and just wait for that to check off all your marks and call it quits kind of mentality. Yeah. Now, Kaylee, you said something earlier. Oh. I forgot. <laughs> that what? <laughs> I am fascinated by. Uh-oh. I mean, I fully believe right. it also. Okay. But, I mean, there may be a lot of listeners out there that don't believe this as well. Um, you uh-huh. said that soulmates don't exist. <gasps> what are you talking well, about, Kaylee? Horror. I mean, I fully agree with you. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't believe in soulmates either. Uh-huh. But. Please explain to me why you don't believe in soulmates and why soulmates don't exist. I mean, and we know from uh, the book of Abraham that people have been predestined and chosen to do things in life before, to do a lot of things. And I know that there's a lot of people where it's like, oh, I was meant to meet this person or, oh, my parents were definitely meant to be together kind of thing. Or we're 16 years old and we're in love. We're meant to be together for a lifetime. (laughs) Okay. I I get that we want to believe that and support that, but it's also possible that sometimes puzzle pieces just fit better together. Um, that's kind of the way I've already, I've always seen relationships where I'm like, I, I can work with a lot of people, but there's going to be a few people who I don't really fit well with. There's going to be a few people who I work well with, like for a little bit until I realize it's not a really good fit. But then there's also going to be a lot of people who I do fit pretty well with. I've seen that in my friendships. I've seen that in my work life. I've seen that in the dates that I've been on that people can work well together, but we're not really truly meant to be together. I mean, I think if anyone was meant to, then it would have been like Adam and Eve because they literally <laughs> only had one option. But yeah, and we even have the presidents of the church who said so. President Kimball taught that soulmates are fiction and an illusion. And while every young man and young woman will seek in with all diligence and 
prayerfulness to find a mate with whom life can be most compatible and beautiful, yet it is certain that almost any good man and any good woman can have happiness in a successful marriage if both are willing to pay the price. And I, I just think that really fits in what I've been trying to say that I don't want to spend my whole life just looking for one single person because yeah. that is really hard. And there is, what, 7 million people on this planet? Yeah. That's a lot and that's, that's hard. There's just so many people that you could get to know and learn. And if you're so focused on trying to find the right person, you might lose other good people along the way. Yeah. But I think one of the main problems is that we've gone with this belief so long that that's one of the reasons that people divorce, that they're think, oh, this isn't the right person after all. I just found this other person who's hotter and younger, and they're really my soulmate. And that is a really dangerous mentality. It's not going to help anyone. I think it's important that we remember that love is a verb. Like you, It's something that you have to constantly work at. All relationships, whether it's work, personal, uh, romantic, friendship, it's something that you have to constantly work on. That's not just going to magically arrive and fix everything. That's never what it's been about. I mean, no matter how much I like any of the people in my life, I have to constantly work at the relationship. <laughs> yeah. Okay? It's, none of it is easy. I love the people I brought into my life and I continuously try to keep in my life. But it is it is hard work and that's how it's going to be in all walks of life. That's going to be how a relationship is. And when we start thinking about soulmates, it can be dangerous because they don't exist. You can get married. You can be with just about anyone. Yeah. I definitely think that Heavenly Father is preparing someone for each and every one of us. I am 100% on board with that. And I definitely feel like, how do I explain this? Okay, Okay. because that almost sounds like... Someone's being prepared as a soulmate for me then. No. No, no, no. no. All right. I don't mean it in a soulmate way. I mean like, okay, so example. We can use me as an example for this one. So the Lord has told me many times over the last like six or seven months that like I need to be focusing on finding my husband. Yeah. Which I am ignoring (laughs) hardcore. No. Very much ignoring (laughs) that. Okay. And it has been like a constant like thing for me. I'm not looking for anyone. I'm not preparing for him. I mean, I should because the Lord has told me many times that I should, but I'm not. It's usually a good thing to listen to the Lord. I know. You have your agency, Tracy. Exactly. That's the thing. Okay. So I feel like the Lord prepares us for things. Like, Mm -hmm. so like with me, he definitely prepared me to go on a mission. Like, in my patriarchal blessing, it doesn't say, like, you will serve a mission. It does not. It says, like, you could serve a mission, whether home or abroad, like, it doesn't matter. You Uh just will do missionary work. But I can definitely see now, looking back on it, how, like, the Lord prepared me through getting me to go to SVU and, like, Uh all of these other things. He prepared me to go on a mission. And I Mm -hmm. feel like everything else after that point has been him preparing me a little bit every single day to get married. Uh-huh. Okay. So he's preparing my mindset. He's helping me to prepare myself spiritually, physically, like all of those things to prepare me to be ready and open mm-hmm. to marrying someone. Okay. Now, conversely, he could be preparing another guy mm-hmm. the same way that he's been preparing me for years and years and years. Okay. To be open to dating, be op- like be emotionally intelligent, Mm -hmm. vulnerable, all of those things, and, like, spiritually preparing him Mm -hmm. as he has been spiritually preparing for something else as well. Uh Uh-huh. And then the Lord is like, you know what, this person could work well with you, but Mm -hmm. ultimately I'm still going to be able to choose 
and he's going to be able to choose. Mm -hmm. So the Lord can be saying like, okay, Tracy, I'm going to put these three guys in your path. Okay. Uh Any of these three men, you could make it work with in a marriage. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ultimately you have the choice, but, but I have prepared, you know, man X, Y, and Z who are at that same point mentally, that same point financially, that same point spiritually that you are at. Uh-huh. that could potentially get into a marriage relationship with you. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm not explaining this well at all. <laughs> okay. Okay, no. But, like, basically, <laughs> like, he's preparing other people's hearts the way that he uh-huh. prepares our hearts to be uh-huh. ready for certain things. Uh-huh. So it's not like, it's not like this is my one chance, but, like, at this phase of my life, these people are ready just like I'm ready. <laughs> it could happen. It could not happen. Yeah. Right. If I move somewhere right. else and I don't meet those three dudes, there okay. could still be three other dudes somewhere else that, okay. like, would be ready also. Yes. I'm not explaining yes. this well You at all. are doing great. Okay. The thing is, you've done it so well that it made me think of... <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> the Bachelor. It made you think no. of The Bachelor. No. No, okay. actually, Shrek. <laughs> free. Kingdom of free, my lord. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of the thing. It's like... Those are options. They're not the only options. Yeah. But they're just options that have been put before you, and you still have the choice. Yeah. And he had and those options. And they still have the choice, too. Yes. And it didn't work out for Lord Farquaad, clearly. Yeah. But because of that, it led Fiona to pick her own choice, and yeah. that goes off their own thing. So, it, no, it does make sense. <laughs> okay. Because I'm why. like, I feel so, like I'm not explaining this well at no, all. No, you're doing well like, because... Yeah. I do agree with you that we are prepared to do certain things in our lifetime and we are given the opportunity to accept those opportunities or ignore them. Yeah. Like I, I can look back and be like, okay, I'm so glad I said yes to this. Like, I'm so glad that I went, I made the decision and went to time the first semester. Like that was a big choice that I could have refused, but I took it on. And then there's other options where it's like, I could have done this theater class because I had the option and it would have worked out well, but I decided not to Yeah, kind of thing. So there's this random opportunity that we've been given and it's going to take us down certain paths and that we're going to cross certain people during them. And sometimes it's going to collide in a beautiful explosion of serendipity, whether it ends well or not. And then there's going to be opportunities where I just turns sour and falls apart yeah like there's so many opportunities that are still available and i can see that very clearly in one of my friends relationships and her serial dating during our college years where some of the relationships she had started out super great and they were set up so well but things just went and ended weirdly yeah. and now things are going well in a new relationship which has led her through different ways like there's so many opportunities that we get throughout our lifetime and sometimes they work out well and sometimes they don't and i've crossed many paths with a lot of people who i have been like okay this was great i'm so glad i was meant to meet this person in my life at this time i i kind of think that about us sometimes i'm like i'm so glad (laughs) i'm still here in florida and i'm so glad tracy and i are friends and i'm so glad we're doing this podcast same and like, we could have gone down a different path. We could have just said, like, no, we're not going to do this. And, like, things would still be going fine, like, in our own lives respectively. But we're here and we're doing this. And that's just how it happens. And yeah. that can happen in our romantic lives as well. And I think that the big selling point here is that we have that opportunity to choose. Yeah. So Agency. <clears throat> agency. Though we love to hate the... the principle of agency or I love to hate the principle of agency Mm -hmm. even though we may think that a certain person or situation is predestined for us Uh 
ultimately nothing is really predestined for us because Mm -hmm. the other person or the other opportunity always has agency and that that's what happens with other people happens with relationships and everything yeah you can pray about it and feel like you're receiving revelation that yeah this is the right thing to do but the other person can still be like i didn't get that i don't want it i don't want you yeah and that's just how it is sometimes yeah and even though it sucks sucks you have to remember that there is no one and only true love i mean there is true love but there's not like (laughs) any one and only soulmate person that you were destined Mm. to be with forever like yeah maybe like maybe heavenly father had like certain people like I mean, yeah, I think that I'm sure that like some situations where it's like, yeah, oh, like yeah. I'm sure the wives of the prophets were like predestined for them because, like, I mean, being a prophet's a big deal, mm-hmm. and you need to have a very specific yeah. woman to Our support Heavenly Father that. Was doing some of his own shipping before yeah. we started it. Yeah, here, but everybody so. else is a free for all. Just but... go forth and find someone. I don't know. Yeah. And it's the bachelor down here. <laughs> it really is. And that, that's something that we constantly have to remind ourselves about. And not only that, we do have to choose someone, but we also have to choose them over and over. We have to choose them as they change, as the relationship develops, as things develop, like between you, when things happen in your relationships, like your spouse lists. If you have one, like, you can't just stick to that piece of paper so so much more than the actual person. Yeah. Because then you're focused more on the list than the actual person, and that's that's dangerous. And President uh, Thomas S. Monson once shared um, a quote from, I guess, an embroidered statement fashioned by his aunt, and it says, choose your love and love your choice. Yeah. And I I love, I, I, I love it. It's it's so important because you have to make the choice for yourself. That person has to make the choice as well. And then it needs to continuously be a interdependent action on your part. And so sticking to a spouse list too much is dangerous because then you're not focusing on the person and th- who they are, but who they were and who they're going to be. Yeah. And I think that thinking about who they were who they are now and who they're going to be is the important mindset to have. Mm -hmm. So if you're only focusing on a list, you aren't seeing the whole picture. Mm -hmm. You're just seeing a finite list of Mm -hmm. qualities and attributes that you are expecting someone to have. Whereas you aren't seeing the journey they've been on. Mm -hmm. You're not taking that time to see, you know, this person could have been a former drug addict and Mm -hmm. has found something to change their life to make them clean to get them yep. to the point where they're at now mm-hmm. and they have all of these goals and hopes and dreams that they want mm-hmm. to achieve and do with the rest of their life ahead yeah. of them mm-hmm. but if you had on your list like they can never ever do drugs yeah like well then they you've missed that whole opportunity of mm-hmm. getting to know someone that had like that history but has changed their life and you don't get right. to see what they're going to become Exactly. Well, and then that's something that I've thought about recently, too. Like, one of mine was always, he has to be an RM. He needs to be a return missionary. He needs to have served the Lord and dedicated two years of his life Mm -hmm. to preaching the gospel so that he properly understands the doctrine and so on. He knows how to talk to people and all that stuff. Which, I mean, there's, there's good things that do come out of a mission, and I'm not discounting that at all. But 
everyone who does not serve a mission is not a bad person. Yeah. At least I like to believe that since I have not served a mission. Yep. So that's a little bit of a selfish thought. It is but true, But I though. do think it's fair, yes. Because there's going to be different reasons why people don't serve missions. I've had friends who've returned off their missions early, for example, yep. for like reasons that they can't really control sometimes. And that doesn't make them any less worthy. Um, it doesn't make them any less lovable. It just means that it's something that you have to be able to take into consideration and those lists that you've created. People are fallible and you can't expect to have a spouse list and expect someone perfect. That's like, the one. Yeah. They're That's gonna, the thing. They're People gonna are fallible. It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, I remember like when I was thinking about this, like I think it was, I was still in college, so it was like 10 years ago, but I remember thinking about what kind of flaws I'd accept in a man, like, because that's something that you have to consider. And like, I was in a dark time myself. So I was like, who would want me in this state? And I had to consider who I would be willing to take in this. And I'm like, well, I take anyone as long as he's, you know, as he can see that he's a son of God or something like that. But the overarching point is that we're, we're fallible and we have to accept that in ourselves as well as other people. Yep. And I think that's one of the main dangers of a spouseless that we tend to not take into consideration. Now looking at it as adults, yeah, <laughs> as not 12 and 13 year old girls uh-huh. anymore. Now I feel like a spouseless should just be thrown away, essentially. I know we've talked about preferences, but even still yeah. taking all of those preferences with a grain of salt because... Mm-hmm. The person in front of me is a living, breathing soul. He's imperfect. I'm imperfect. I can't expect him to be something that he's not, just like he can't expect me to be something that I'm not. Agreed. And I can't expect myself to be something that I'm not. So Uh why am I going to put crazy expectations on this person in front of me who is just trying to be vulnerable and find love? Exactly. He wouldn't expect that from me, so Mm -hmm. I shouldn't expect that from him. I don't think we're saying that, like, just because spouseless are dumb doesn't mean you need to have (laughs) no expectations or anything. Like, you should still strive to look to find someone good. Like, it's okay to still have a few expectations, even have, like, a couple of, a few uh, non-negotiable traits, perhaps. Yeah. Um, At least that's suggested by a licensed marriage and family therapist, uh, Nikki Harmon, who shared that. Um, So... You can have a few of those non-negotiable traits, but you also need to have a few ideas that can be um, up to interruption or that you're willing to be flexible on. Yeah, because people will change and a couple can change together in a compatible way, but you can't predict what people are going to be like and you just have to be ready to accept what comes and goes. So definitely stick to a few really important traits that you want. But yeah, just to keep in mind what kind of person that you want to be with to spend your time around. That's something to definitely keep in mind with the people in your life. Um, I mean, we're already going to have those basic qualifications for people. But I think ultimately finding attributes and characteristics in someone that you know will complement the attributes and characteristics that you have Mm -hmm. is something that we should be all focusing on more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about, am I going to want to continue to change with this person that's in front Mm -hmm. of me? Am I going to want to go through the worst times of my life with this person. Are they Mm -hmm. going to be able to handle me at my worst? Are they going to be there and support me at my best? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be willing to support them at their worst and their best? If 
the answer is no to any of those things, then you are not supposed to be around that person at all. Mm -hmm. But just thinking about being willing to change and being willing to let that other person change is probably more important than really anything else that we could have learned from like that therapist on here. Okay. We're not going to stay the same. We're all going to change and you got to be okay with them changing. Right, exactly. And so there's also a quote from uh, Jeremy on a blog called My Life by Gogo Goth? Goth? I don't know. (laughs) We'll share links. But anyways, he said, um, it's important to remember that these attributes and characteristics are developed over time. Do not be unrealistic and expect someone who is perfect in all these things. Instead, look for someone who exhibits them, strives for them, and works toward them. We're always going to be changing. And we need to be realistic about our expectations on people. And that's something that I've been learning to let go of control of most things in my life because there's very little you can control. And you definitely cannot and should not try to control people. Yeah. And you just have to accept what comes and goes and have faith that things will work out one way or another. And I think that's something that we forget to keep in mind as we consider relationships and I think in some way a lot of single people really do think about spouseless constantly we're just like okay is this person that kind of person so I could be around them forever like okay I'm going on a date and okay he's tuned with his mouth open that's not on my list that's I can't do that that's going on my list now so he can't do that I can't marry someone <laughs> who chews with his mouth open you know and I think we tend to put ourselves in little corners and boxes like that sometimes and we need to keep that in mind that no one is perfect yep. and we need to be realistic and expect nothing, I think, to a certain extent. Like, look for a few of those attributes, but be willing to understand that most people won't be able to rise to the occasion and just be willing to keep your eyes and your heart open. Differentiate between preferences and the actual things that need mm-hmm. to be on the list. Right. Yeah. So, ultimately, those old spouse lists that you had from when you were 12 and 13 years old, yeah. rip them up. Throw Burn them out. Them. Burn Get them. Get rid of Burn them. Burn them. And if you are going to write a new spouse list yes. right now for 2020 as what an adult, I think yes. praying about yes. it is the I, biggest thing. I do like that. You know, pray about what non-negotiables you actually do have. Like, mm-hmm. whether it's non-negotiable for you to date someone that's not a member mm-hmm. i'm not saying that's that true. is a thing for me but like no, so yeah some, what, <laughs> some people have that as a non-negotiable mm-hmm. so and that's fine like figure out what your non-negotiables are mm-hmm. figure out what your preferences are put your preferences on a separate list mm-hmm. or don't even write them down just have yeah. them in your brain mm-hmm. and really pray and work with the lord on Things that you know that you need to work on in your own life that you are hoping someone can compliment you with. And let's rewind back to our episode at the beginning of the month. First dates do not equal marriage. So do not bring that list with you to a first date because you are not marrying them at the end of that date. Nope. Yeah. Don't even think about that. Like, yeah, don't (laughs) do not use or reference or even think about your spouse list on that first date. Don't even think about it until like it's been a couple of days. Unless they're absolutely trash people. Well, then you don't even need a list for that. No, then you just talk about serial killers and scare them away. There you go. There we go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, I think that's all I've got to say. But as you know, we love ridiculous things. So if you still have your spouse list lying around. Send it to us. Please. We would love to read those. We can share those or we can just 
laugh together about them, whatever you prefer. Yeah. Um, and if there's anything else that you think we should be talking about or anything you think we missed, please feel free to reach out to us uh, through email, through Instagram, through anything. We want to hear from you, and, I mean, we could talk forever about this, so. Yeah. Yeah. We really could. <laughs> we could. Guess what? The reminder on my phone just came up. Hey. Scriptural tarot readings. Yo. All right, we're going to do this off the yes. air, though. Okay. We don't need to do this yeah. with you guys. But we'll give you our results mm-hmm. later, like in our story or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We love All you right. guys. Love you guys. Take care. Bye.